originally started with an SEO focus, uh, but over about eight to ten years, it evolved into uh, five key kind of focus areas around SEO, paid media, content, design, and analytics. Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine Ecommerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. Hey, this is Blake back for another episode of Content Plus Commerce this week. I have Ben Herman of Madfish Digital with me. How are you today, Ben? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh, I'm excited about this episode uh, because you guys are a little bit different from the normal agency we talk to, and I'm kind of pumped up for this breath of uh, breath of fresh air and some new questions. So tell me a little bit about Madfish Digital, what you guys do, and then we can get into your backstory and how you got founded. Yeah, so um, thanks. Yeah, we're a values-based organization. So what that means is we put a lot of emphasis on who we work with and the people that work with us. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with B Corps. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yep. It is, yeah. So we got our B Corp um, status a couple years ago, and, um, yeah, so we, we do a lot of work there. And so basically the um, agency's been around for about 13 years, and um, we originally started with an SEO focus, uh, but over about eight to ten years, it evolved into uh, five key kind of focus areas around SEO, paid media, content, design, and analytics. Fantastic. And now one thing I did realize, how about you explain what a B Corp is for our listeners in case they don't know? Yeah, so um, it's, it goes into, uh, there's a, a concept called the triple bottom line, which is um, paying attention really if you're a business to more than just making a profit. It's um, your involvement in the community, the benefits you offer, um, basically what you can give back. And so um, for that, or, or for us, it means, um, you know, the pro bono work that, that we can do, um, basically how to use our platform uh, for the most good that, that we can. Um, and so that's true across a lot of different businesses that are B Corps. It's how they can use their platform um, for good. And then from that, you get evaluated on a whole set of criteria. So there's actually a quantifiable score you get for your impact on the community around you. That is exciting. And I'm sure that brings like a unique profile of brands and, and working with those brands. What I would love to hear uh, maybe would be some of the differences like it, it, from working with like B Corp brands from a strategy perspective. Yeah, you know, um, gosh, it, it's it's almost a slightly different language. Um, but at the same time, I mean, everybody understands um, doing good in the world around them. Uh, B Corps tend to have uh, done a lot of work to become uh, certified as a B Corp. And so um, we do oftentimes speak a similar language when we're putting together marketing strategies or different topics on the, the content calendar. Um, design work tends to incorporate the B uh, Corp logo, uh, things like that. So there's kind of a lot of just um, uh, table stakes that different B Corps understand about each other. Right, right. Now, when working with these brands, uh, tell me a little about like your tool set, some of the tools you use, why they're your favorite ones, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So the tools that we use kind of fall into two different categories. Um, I consider them like we've got a set that's custom built uh, that we've developed for ourselves over the years. And then there's your, your kind of out-of-the-box tools, uh, which, um, again, we use for um, different campaigns, different reasons, different verticals. 
um, and, and different brands. And so the custom-built tools are, are anything from, we, we use like Watson API um, and some of the machine learning tools there uh, to help us optimize content and do some uh, really high-end SEO analysis um, uh, that we're able to deliver on. So, um, and then we also have like our own phone call tracking platform and different things that we've kind of built and integrated over the years. Uh, but then the more out-of-the-box platforms that we tend to see for brands um, fall in line with uh, like attribution tracking and, and different modeling. And so uh, platforms like Visible and BrightFunnel are pretty common to use. And then you've also got all of your, your standard email marketing tools, Marketo, Lead Liaison, um, and CRMs like Salesforce, Zoho, and, um, and a handful of others. Yeah, makes sense to me. So tell me a little bit about uh, the way you approach last touch attribution or how you recommend to a brand how they should start attributing their marketing efforts. Yeah, definitely. So it starts with understanding um, the goals of what a client's looking to um, accomplish and what we're looking to track. And then um, it, it, it has to be considered at every single platform or tool that's kind of involved in the ecosystem, if you will. So if you think about like your campaigns and if you're running AdWords campaigns um, or social campaigns at Facebook, all of the campaign names, uh, we, we want to have a certain kind of naming convention to those um, down to the data that's being pushed to Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics or, you know, there's a whole handful of, of analytics products people are using these days. We want to make sure that like everything from campaign names to uh, proper um, campaign attribution is tagged along the way, um, then it, it's easier and more efficient to then um, push that data through the CRMs and then also extract it in, uh, act, extract it out through the attribution uh, platforms like Visible or BrightFunnel. Got it. Got it. So tell me a little about some trends you're seeing in the SEO, SEM realm, whether they're good trends or bad trends. Let's talk some about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're seeing a lot more trends, um, and hopefully it's not a trend, but um, on the ABM side, actually. So um, for the account-based uh, marketing, and so essentially, um, you know, there's a lot more campaigns that are focusing on single specific companies. So and what I mean by that is, um, let's say a, a a brand is looking to, um, let's say it's a B two B brand, and they're looking to get in front of. Um, a certain, a specific company, like their sales team has, um, you know, targets and they want to be, they've got like five different companies that they're responsible for getting in front of. And so um, we'll do these, these fairly large campaigns to basically uh, create like a personalized marketing experience for that one target that they're going after. Um, and so we're seeing a lot more of that. And it's really neat because there's far more tools that are available today uh, we get very excited about them because, yeah, there's all these tools out that allow us to get really hyper-focused, everything from customizing a logo um, from that target company onto like a landing page down to the chatbots and all the different um, tools that we're seeing more and more of on different websites. Um, and you could really create these hyper-customized experiences, hyper-focused customized experiences for um, uh, for these you know targets that you're uh, looking to get in front of. Yeah, I I love the the hyper personalization for some of these like SaaS brands that I've been seeing. Like I know that I've fallen into a few sales funnels where I'll land on a landing page and they have like my logo pulled, they have a snippet or something yep. about that, and that definitely like hooks me in enough to where I'll keep reading a little bit to figure out more than just the cursory glance. 
Exactly, exactly. And especially on Facebook as well. I know that a couple of our marketers here at Engine were looking into some kind of remarketing efforts with using brands' logos within their feeds to kind of uh, get that scroll-stopping action to where like, oh, you're like, wait, that looks familiar. That's my logo. Right. So one of the trends that we're starting to see uh, from from an e-com perspective is this idea of shoppable content. And I would love to hear from an, uh, an SEO, SEM strategist, talk to me a little bit about kind of why that's effective or why it's important versus, you know, just dropping your store out there and, and having a blog that gets updated once every quarter. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, any... Um any way that a brand can better um, can call it more seamlessly um, connect a product to uh, a user in their research phase um, is going to be beneficial. And, and the reason, and let me back up. So essentially, you're getting into the importance of um, like a, a marketing funnel, essentially for for clients. And so um, your standard marketing ACT funnel, you know, awareness, consideration, transaction. You've got those those three steps. So first, somebody has to hear about a brand, um, and then they're they're kind of doing their research, and then they're looking further into that next level um, of competitors and and different things. And so they eventually transact in that final stage. But in that middle stage, it's really important that you you keep them because that's where they're, they're making the decision. So shoppable content kind of fits into that middle stage of the funnel. Um, and it really, you know, it really comes through to um, make it more of a seamless experience. Um, we're just learning and kind of getting into um, some of the different types of shoppable content. Um, but, you know, you could definitely make uh, things a lot more elegant. It's uh, a lot more genuine and authentic when the product um, is, is kind of embedded in that content. And it almost plays into a lot more of what um, traditionally we saw maybe 20 years ago in different print magazines where you would have, um, you know, uh, in like Vogue or, or different things, you'd have like George Clooney wearing um, a suit, but it would kind of call out all the different, like the cufflinks and all the watch and all the different things he was wearing um, and what that was, how much it cost and where you could go buy it. So it's, it's more of taking some of the tried and true methods from the traditional side, and we are seeing them a lot more on the uh, on digital. Yes, yeah, it's. I, I love that we're being able to see brands tell their stories and still kind of make that sales pitch. Like I know there yep. there are several coffee brands that on their product pages will show like the origin tracing for their coffee, mm. and you can follow it on a map and see like, hey, here's where this is coming from, down to the farm level. And that I think just speaks so much to like a brand wanting to be authentic or like wanting to convey. Uh, the genuineness of of where they're coming from and why they're doing what they're doing. Exactly, and that I mean that really it comes back to the importance of design and content and the two working hand in hand. Um, because you know back in the day, um, blog content was was really helpful for getting a website to rank for some of the the longer tail keywords or um, you know the um, less search for terms but more um, higher intent, if you will, um, queries. And so we tend to write a lot more text-based content. But there's been a shift where visitors don't just stay on a page when it's text-based. Search engines may have liked it in the past, but now everybody wants a much more visual experience. And so um, I think it all just it's a, it's a great direction that the industry is going where it's super important. You know, we've been on board for a while with our design team and content working together. Um, it needs a design perspective. You've got to have different visuals, call it mini graphics or infographics or um, we've got all sorts of stats that we embed in different um, 
uh, informational posts. So you can't just have text anymore. You've got to have something engaging. Um, and yeah, the, whether it's shoppable content on the B2C side or um, you know informational uh, kind of assets and things like that on the uh, B2B side, uh, we're definitely seeing it grow. Awesome, awesome. Now we're coming to the end of our time here, but the the last question I always love to hear from agencies: Tell me your best, like, our agency got to be the hero story. You know, it's it's funny. There's I'll, I'll give you kind of a, a broad example and then uh, bring it down. You know, we tend to see. Uh, people generally call us when there's kind of a pressing issue. Usually, I would say probably the last couple of years, we've seen pressing issues primarily on the reporting and attribution side. Um, and solving them usually amounts to data being available to um, make better decision-making with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, we've gotten to be the hero on a lot of different reporting projects, um, which is funny because those are not usually the primary uh, focus of the campaign. It's table stakes, if you will, but we've got a whole analytics team that will go in and, and revamp that. And so um, there's definitely some hero stories there. Um, you know, we've got stories of lowering the, the cutting the, the CPA in half on, a, um, on various campaigns, um, you know, having content and paid media go hand in hand to, um, you know, kind of catch people at all stages of the funnel, drive awareness, and then also be there um, in search when people are uh, researching a brand. Um, Gosh, yeah, I, I don't have any. We're under like tight NDAs with all our oh, clients, yeah, so it's course, always difficult for my head to um, to get into like super specifics. But yeah, I mean, um, gosh, oh, uh, you know what? I do have one, um, and so it's uh, and it is on the content side. So um, we did an SEO audit for a client, and they had brought us in because nobody else could solve uh, the reason as to why they were uh, tanking. Um, they dropped like three pages. And um, the site had been online for, um, you know, four or five months. It had been a different version had existed previously, uh, but there was no, um, there's no real indicator. Like there was no penalties or um, any reasons why everything dropped. There was definitely some less content and less uh, uh, engaging attributes, if you will, on the homepage. Uh, but we dove in and our team was able to figure out that um, – they had an API running in the background that um, would be queried when the um, when you first landed on the page, and it helped too as a, a healthcare site, and they would show you different uh, time slots you could book, and so um, to get an appointment with a doctor. And so our team was able to go in and figure out that hey, this was actually causing um, an extra 20 seconds of load time uh, to the page, and so and I don't know familiar with site speed, but it really every site needs to be under two seconds. That should be the target. Um, and so we were able to show massive increases in fix uh, in traffic and fix the organic search issues uh, by working with their dev team. Um, and we were always really proud of that because they brought us in and we were able to find it in the first few weeks of, of our auditing process. Um, and I was pretty proud because, uh, I mean, it had everything to do with the API. We also figured out issues with the load balancer. So all these technical issues which just amounted to um, affecting the experience for the user, you know, for they couldn't get their content. Um, very quickly, especially on mobile, which was the predominant um, percentage of traffic they were getting. So anyway, that, that was our, our hero story. We were pretty excited to be able to go into that client's office for years to come because they, um, they were always very welcoming because we, we had the, I don't know, we, 
we were pretty stoked on our job and they were pretty stoked to have us there. So it, that it felt really good. That is fantastic. There's nothing better than like being able to go to a client like, hey, I made your site uh, X times faster. Uh, that gets everybody fired up. That's one of those kind of like, there's no downside of it. It's just, hey, your your site's faster, your conversion rate will be better, you will rank better. Uh, it's one of those fixes that, that just kind of snowballs on itself. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Ben. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me on another great episode of Content Plus Commerce. Got it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.